Hello and welcome to episode six of Show Me the Podcast. I'm Harry slash Tales of Peck and I'm joined by my co-host Lorraine slash Mums who wing it. <laughs> I do wing it on a daily basis. <laughs> Don't we all? Hello. <laughs> Uh, we are also joined by two glasses of wine and we are ready to go for this episode which is all about Tim Burton. I do love Tim Burton. I was so pleased with him. I don't remember who came up with the idea of Tim Burton. It was I probably think- me. Um <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> no, I think we were just talk, sort of talking about the auteur in general and we were like Tim Burton, you know. Yeah, I suppose he's the definition of that really, isn't he? I think, well, this is what this is all about, yeah. yeah. In, in our humble opinion. Yeah, we in, think so. yeah, in our humble opinion. And that's what we're going to explore. Yeah, no, I must admit I was really um, excited about this episode. like Because I, I love his films and I watch so many of his films and they're so different. And uh, while researching it, I, I actually preferred this one to all the other episodes that we did. So for you, for you, <laughs> for I'll you. be loving you. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know many Tim Burton films, there are quite a few. So as a result, myself and Harry would like to sit and talk about them for hours on end, but we're only going to talk about two each. So I picked for myself Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Better not say it a third time. Uh-uh. 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 What do you pick? Well, yeah, going against the grain. Apart from the one I know. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, so as you guessed, we're telling you what we're going to be discussing, whereas in the past we haven't. And I'm really happy to announce that I'm going to be discussing Sleepy Hollow mm. and Batman Returns. I really wanted to do Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, we, 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 I think but we rock, paper, scissors over I know, but I, I, <laughs> I can still discuss it. Yeah, man, this is what it's about, discussion. Exactly. So we're going to get to Tim Burton in a few moments. But first, we're going to go back to discuss what we may have been watching lately. That's right. So what have you been looking at? Where have you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> I have had... A a few cinema trips lately. Oh, I haven't been to the cinema once, but I'm going to try and get soon because I just don't have the the babysitters available. <laughs> if you can hear some noises in the background, uh, that's my neighbours. Okay. The rugby's on. Yeah. <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day. Woo-hoo. An island. Fiddly dee. <laughs> it's okay, I can say that. Cause I was I just gr- about to say. <laughs> I, I grew up in Ireland and I am half Irish. I have an Irish passport. There we so go. I can do it. Yeah, she I love you, to. Irish people. <laughs> I'm going back in May. Woo-hoo. Can't wait. Go away. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. What did you go and see at the cinema, Harry? <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, I went to see Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, was it really good? It was good. It wasn't oh, as good as I wanted it hesitation. to be. Hesitation. Yeah. No, the storyline, obviously fantastic. Cast, fantastic. You know. How was... Um, I can't remember her name, but she's in The Walking Dead. She's Michonne. She's great. No? Yeah, I she, love her. She's, she's a really uh, cool character. Does she um, kick ass? She does. Good. She does. Good. I love uh, her. She kicks ass in The Walking Dead too. I so. missed her dreads though. I I, I know because I was dreads. saying to Dev, we were watching The Walking Dead the other day and I was like, God, she must get really hot with those dreads on like because yeah. it's in, uh, in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. And uh, he's like, is it dreads? Are they not hers? So I was like, no. No, yeah, it's a wig, isn't it? It's a wig, yeah. yeah. But it looks really warm every time I see her. I'm like, poor thing. Really cool. I think she's going to be massive. Yeah, she, I, I think she's going to so be a big too. star. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sister in this as well, Shruti. I think it, no, Shuri. Sorry, mm. uh, she's excellent. Um, and 
Have you seen it yet? You I haven't seen know. it. No. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot more to come from her character moving forward Ooh. with the MCU. But uh, anyway, okay. I, I was a little bit disappointed in the CGI. I have to say, okay, it failed a little bit there. Um, yeah, some good fight scenes. Uh, oh no, yeah, not you great. need a good fight scene. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I'd give it if we're rating. I'd give it about seven out of ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's still great. That's, but, that's good, yeah. But a recommendation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you um, been seeing? Well, a huge recommendation. I was watching on Netflix, uh, eight-parter, The Sinner. Okay. Yeah, it stars Jessica Bill and Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah. I saw your initial review on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's really, really, really good. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but what I am going to say may sound like a spoiler, okay. but it's not. Everyone knows about the who knows about this knows that this is what happens and this is what it's about because okay. everyone's like it's really gruesome at the start, and it kind of is. But basically, Jessica Biel's character Cora is sat on a beach. She's with her family. She sees this guy and girl fooling around, and you can see that it's kind of freaking her out a bit. And the next thing, she grabs a knife, runs over. This lad is about early twenties. And starts stabbing the shit out of him. Oh, God. Just going to town. And she doesn't know why she's done it. She gets arrested, pleads guilty, blah, blah, blah. End of story. Should be over in 20 minutes. No. (laughs) Bill Pullman comes in and he's like, something ain't right here. So he comes in and basically the whole thing is about finding out why this guy. Yeah. Because it looks like a random attack. But they find out. So the whole thing is about finding out why this guy was stabbed. And it's actually a really interesting story. And the end... I was not expecting. I was really shocked at the end. But Jessica Biel in this is outstanding. She really is. And it looks like a very exhausting role. Yeah. Because she has to be crying and down and traumatized and all sorts in this. And Bill Pullman actually is is amazing. It's it's a really good good one. I'd I'd highly recommend it. I'd give that I'd give it eight out of ten. Wow. Yeah, definitely eight out of ten. Sweet. Yeah. I might check it out. Do I think you'd like it? I think it's not because I think the problem is people have been saying it's really gory, mm. but it's not. It's pure suspense, mystery. Oh my god! It's literally like who shot Jr. You're like, what happened to Cora? <laughs> like, okay. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely give it a go. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'll do. You do that. <laughs> um. So another film. Oh, I've seen two more films at the cinema. Um. I saw The Shape of Water. I so badly want to see that because she's like all aliens, isn't it? Isn't it? Falling in love with an alien or it's something? No, no. He, he, he's, he's like a... He's a fish man. He's an amphibian man. He's a beast, kind of. Yeah. He's the beast of the beauty and the beast kind of vibe of this film. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's that's interesting. Way to look. Yeah, I never mm. thought that. Um, And I liked it. I didn't love it like everybody okay. else. And that's not because I'm like, I don't want to go against, you know... But he's a bit different, isn't he? I can't say the director's name. I'm not even going to try. Guillermo del Toro. But he, he's kind of like Burton. He's got a distinct style. Oh, yeah. And it's it's beautiful. I mean, the whole production yeah. of the film is flawless. And it, yeah. I think it, 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 you know, I think it definitely deserves praise. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I even, like, believed the romance of it. Mm-hmm. But some... I, do you know what? And I'm going to sound like such a prude. I know what you're going to say. It was just a little bit too crude for me. My mom actually watched this and she said exactly the same thing. She had to turn it off. Oh, really? Because there was a... I don't know what the scene is, but obviously it's what you're talking about. And she's like, it was just a bit too much. Well, yeah. 
But she, she's 65. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm being ageist I'm here. 30, so <laughs> how sad am I? <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I didn't mind the violence in it. And that's probably a bad thing to say. I didn't mind the blood and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there were just, it was just there's some, and I, you know, I, I'm not, you know, adverse to films of a sexual nature, but the scenes in it just seemed crude for crudeness sake. Okay. And I didn't like that. Aspect. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, scenes in film, like especially sexual scenes that are just there for the sake of it. You're kind of like, okay, we know what you're doing. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Our neighbor's not being murdered. <laughs> I think someone scored. Yeah. <laughs> Score. And uh, yeah, sorry, just to cut in again. I saw, um, I did, I had my first lonesome cinema outing. Oh, what was that? Oh, uh, Ladybird. Yeah. And uh, I love Is that it. Sarah Sharonan? Yeah. Oh, Sarah yeah, I really want to see that. It, 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 I don't think it should have been nominated for a best oh, really? film, I have to say. It's a lovely film. Best screenplay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nomination. But uh, in terms of best film, no. It's it's For me, it was purely nostalgic. And, you know, you look... It, it, the, her experience is sort of going into adulthood as a woman. It's mm. um, You can really, as a woman who had that experience you can really relate yeah. to a lot of experiences in that um but also the the dialogue in it is really good um and i was laughing and uh, there's only like five of us in the cinema it was like 6 p.m on a thursday afternoon it was great great time to go <laughs> um but yeah i i came out of it and i was just like oh, that was that was good that was funny i can relate and then on the way home thinking about it i was just like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> i was sobbing really um, yeah oh wow real real experience seeing that film and I, I uh, highly recommend it oh so I'd say out of the three of them that was my top, top. oh good yeah well <laughs> I have been watching again because they're both back on a lot of stuff kind of come back on uh, all of a sudden uh, The Walking Dead and iZombie oh yeah so The Walking Dead Carl sad Carl 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 <laughs> yeah very sad very intense I may have cried just a tad, but it was a really good um, episode back into the new season, and I've watched, been watching it since. I think there's been three episodes, and it's it looks like it's going to be a good one. Okay, it looks like it's really going to be a good one. Obviously, I'm not going to say anything because some people might be waiting. Some people record them all and then binge watch them. Yeah. So I don't really want to say anything. But if you don't know what happened to Carl, and I've spoiled it for you, have you not been on social yeah, media? Yeah, everyone knows yeah. that. But I'm not going to say anything else. Um. And I know you watch iZombie. Yeah. Um, which I think has got quite dark. Like oh. there's, um, actually, I, I don't want to say because if I say what I was going to say, then it would ruin it again if people haven't watched well, it. I watched, I've watched the first episode of season yeah. four and it, it didn't pull me in. I don't like how no, big the universe is getting. No, it didn't pull me in, but I carried on. And I think it's episode three I'm on now. Okay. Um, I don't want to say. Okay. Because That's... I don't want to ruin it if yeah. people haven't seen it yet because... Yeah. If you don't know this has happened, then if I say this name, it will ruin it. Okay. If you know what I mean. So I, I don't want to say anything. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But a film I watched, um, which you will never watch in a million years, is a film by in 2003 by Rob Zombie, which I have <laughs> seen before, but I watched it again. Yeah. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I don't think I'll be watching that yeah no no i i i am a fan of rob zombie i love his music isn't he making another film i, I think I saw. he does like the he's um oh, he, he does the halloween films he did halloween one and two uh devil's rejects which is a follow-on from is it a follow-on before yeah follow-on from uh house of a thousand corpses um i'm probably being really dense now but i thought carpenter did halloween one and two 
No, but he did it as well. He's made some as well. Oh, one and that? Yeah. Rob okay. Zombie directed two of them as well. Oh, not just Halloween one and two. No, 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 no. He no, because basically the, there's been so many remakes. Oh, he kind of did yeah. his own. Right. Sorry, yeah. sorry, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Lauren. Um, but it does really. His the thing is with his films, is they freak you out. They're the type of films like that they stay with you for a little bit. In a nice way, probably not. No, no, not really. Because <laughs> the problem is, is um, it's very. Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets The Hills Have Eyes type thing. And um, I I did a couple of road trips around America and especially the southern states. And I watched these types of films before I went. <laughs> that was wise. That was, it was, that really was really wise. wise. <laughs> and uh, I was driving around and the whole time I was thinking, because especially when like we were driving from... Um, uh, where was it? Vegas to Dallas. Mm. And there was a lot of like open road. And I was like, oh my God, don't take any turns. We're going to die. <laughs> like whatever. But um, if we got a full tank of gas. <laughs> but it, it, his, his horror films are different. You can see there's a creative mind there. And in a sense, I suppose he's a little bit like, a, you know, a bit Burton-esque in the sense that you kind of know a Burton film. Uh, sorry, uh, a zombie film. And he's very much got this relationship with one of the actresses that is in a lot of, a lot of his films called oh. Sherry Moon, who's his wife. Oh. And kind of the whole Helena Bohm Carter thing with um, yeah. Burton. Yeah. Um, but his the thing about his films is it's not just let's go out, slash at people, gore, gore, gore. They're weird as hell, but they're just really interesting. Okay. They're just, I don't know, they're just, but they freak you the beep out. They really do. I wouldn't recommend like you watching them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But people into that kind of thing do. Yeah, like if you're into horror films and you haven't watched a Rob Zombie film, do. And also check out his music. Okay. He, 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 I, I like him and he's a really strict vegan as well. He's very all about animals. Um, so I know. That's intriguing. <laughs> yeah, was it an oxymoron? Is that what they were calling? Well. If you like horror films, check out Rob Zombie. Because a lot of people I talk to don't, seem to know Rob Zombie films. But I, I like his films. I know of his work and I yeah. know what he's done. I just yeah. don't choose to watch. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine, obviously. Yeah. But um yeah. But definitely. Cool. Have you um have you watched anything else or any? Yeah, I've got two more things to mention. So do I. <laughs> well, um yeah, Altered Carbon, Netflix. Oh my Was it good? God. I enjoyed it so much. What is it actually about? Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that one of those? It's, it's okay. So it's set like, I think it's like 300 years odd in the future. Yeah. And um, human beings, when they're born, have a, a little gadget called a stack implanted into the back, into their spine, basically. And this is where the human conscious is stored. Oh. And it's removable. So Can you put somebody else's in? Uh, yeah, this is it. So you Ooh. can go into other people's bodies, and basically, bodies are referred to as sleeves. It's a really interesting concept. I'm going to watch this. Yeah, it uh, it it took me like two episodes. Like, for, okay, so from the off, visually stunning. Okay, it, it's had such a big budget put into this, and the um, the cinematography of it, the vision, you know, the production design, it's all in there. It's really good from that point of view. Uh, it takes a while for the story to get going. Okay. Um, and uh, but once it does, which is in around episode three, you're just hooked. You can't stop. I mean, I I binged it over two days, um, and there's ten episodes. Oh, right. I, I do have a life. <laughs> I sketch whilst I. She do. spends it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I will pre-warn people. There is a, a lot of nudity. 
but it's it's not bad. <laughs> you get that with a lot of things nowadays. Like I must say, the sinner. Bloody hell! Really, Jessica? Oh, Bill. Jesus! Yeah, I, I, yeah, what? and not just the top. What? This is it. We this. went down there. Yeah, in in uh, I'm gonna spoil this slightly. And I just kept girl. thinking, poor Justin. <laughs> but he doesn't care. Yeah, he yeah. knows what she does for a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, in Alter Carbon, you see every little bit of James Purfoy, and I not what, even his Willie. <laughs> I didn't think they were allowed to show the. I don't like that man, but he's well endowed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who is James McAvoy? Is he in it? No. Who did it's you say? Poorfoy. Oh, uh, Poorfoy. 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 <laughs> How do you say his name? Poorfoy. Poorfoy. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big fan of him, but he, he's in Wasn't it. he in the following with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, I didn't watch that, but That yeah, was brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, sidetrack, but really good, and they okay. cancelled it after three seasons. Loved it. Okay, yeah. It's it was all about serial killers. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My thing. My thing. Um, but yeah, highly recommend Delta Carbon. Totally. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll just finish up and then move on yeah. to your last ones. So um, I'm actually, I've listened to a podcast recently. Another one, a different one to us. Uh, and it's a BBC podcast in our time. Um, and I've listened to it now and again. They do some really, basically a couple of experts sit down uh, and they discuss a certain topic. And this one I listened to was Hamlet. And I was just like, it all just like hit me about how I freaking love Shakespeare. And I just... Wow, I, I fully embrace that whole episode, and I highly recommend people to uh, listen to in our time because they they cover all sorts of subjects. Like the other day, it was the picks, and I was just like, "Wow!" So yeah, very good. Well, my next two are documentaries. Of course, no, that's cool, man. I live on documentaries. <laughs> uh, the first one actually it was really interesting. I don't know if many people have heard of him, but um, you probably have. But some people haven't. It was on Sky Arts. Actually, I think both of mine were on Sky Arts. Um, uh, it was about Buster Keaton. Oh, really? Yeah. The for anyone that doesn't know, he was a, a silent film actor, producer, director, comedian from like eighteen ninety eight to nineteen sixty six. Yeah. And basically, this documentary is how, like, in the silent film era, he was like this massive star, and then it slowly the decline of him. He gets involved with a uh, signed to MGM, which was um, the infamous Louis B. Mayer, who sounds like a right prick from from what i say he like he, ruthless as hell yeah and um basically he just life spiraled out of control alcohol and all this kind of stuff and um you know he had a lot of when he signed over to mgm i think it was the fact that he lost all his artistic independence it was oh, more man. about what they want they showed the scene of him doing this uh, scene in a film and it wasn't what he wanted you know and right. it's just that was just one of the examples um, but it's basically, and then he gets his life back in track. And, you know, I thought he died quite young, but he actually keeps going, you know, he, he lives quite a long life. And, um, you know, he was admired by um, directors such as Orson Welles. And, you know, for people probably only think of silent film actress Charlie Chaplin, everyone knows who yeah, he is. Yeah. But yeah, this guy was a big one too. And, you know, it was quite sad to see, yeah, to see the decline okay. of him. Um, but really interesting. So if you can get that up on Sky Arts, definitely go and have a look. I do have Sky Arts. And my other one was, I, um, it just randomly came on, actually. Um, it was a documentary about the 80s, which I thought it was, because I love the 80s, and I thought it was just going to be about... tapping? No. Good. Sorry. Um, my next documentary, which again was on Sky Arts, was um, all about the 80s. So I thought I was going to see some wham and some, you know, wake me up before you go-go. But um, no, it was actually all about technology. Oh. Okay, yeah, and it was so interesting. Like, because it was like the introduction of the Walkman, the VCR, the camcorder, gaming. And uh, there's this one guy comes on it and he starts talking about how, you know, in years to come, uh, we're not going to have paper money. 
We're not going to, you know, be, there's not going to be shops. Do you know all this kind of stuff? So he was talking about stuff that actually is happening. And this is like going on in the 80s. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that probably people can see as a huge impact is things like, you know, renting videos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like every like they basically were talking about camcorders and uh, sorry, not camcorders, uh, VCRs, because people were recording films and they were like, we don't want you recording films because you're taken away from us. Mm. But then people were like, well, hang on a second, videos. So then the video recorder became this huge, um, you know, commodity because people were going into video stores and renting films and that became a massive industry. Right. And then it starts going on about, um, you know, Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs, Paul, uh, Bill Gates, Paul Allen coming on and discussing all about computers. And, um, you know, it was, there was one scene watching Steve Jobs trying to convince people about what computers were going to be. And uh, the computers were like these big, ugly, disgusting things. And like, you know, all the, I don't know what it's called, but you know where all the like information is stored, like these big massive things. And yeah, then yeah. talks about the introduction of software from Bill Gates. It was just really interesting to see because I never thought of it. I never think of where it comes from. No. All the technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, where yeah. it's going. Or where it's bloody going. Yeah, it needs <laughs> to slow down a little bit, I think. I may mm. sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but sometimes I'm like, whoa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really interesting watching them get onto the World Wide Web. And, you know... It was just a really if you if you got Sky Arts, this is a really good channel, by the way. No, I know. Uh, yeah, because wow. don't you watch all your RT Farty programs? Portrait Arts, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which she should go on, by the way, because she's an amazing. I got artist. told. Uh, I don't think a pencil drawing is going to get very far. Who said that to you? Some dude on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, really? It's the taking part that counts, and also I oil paint, motherfucker. I didn't say that. What a knob jockey. Mm. But yeah, so Sky Arts, some great stuff. Yeah, and no, they do really good documentaries yeah. on there. But yeah, but uh, yeah. So, cool. And on that note, I would like to say we've actually had some uh, reviews because, um, as you know, to uh, get up the old chain in iTunes, <laughs> it's good to get some reviews and some stars. So we really appreciate it. If you listen to this, you could just give us five. We wouldn't mind as well if uh, all you uh, podcast aficionados, or if that's the word, um, would like just message us about other platforms that we could go on that you'd prefer, prefer us to be on mm-hmm, and definitely. we'll do that for you yeah if you want to listen to us that is if we can get on them yeah yeah i know spotify you can but <laughs> well <laughs> exactly um but yeah so we really appreciate that so if you can continue just you know tapping five times one two three four five we'd highly appreciate it <laughs> it's really easy <laughs> So, yes, the first listener review we have is from Says Podcast. And uh, Says Podcast says, I found your podcast on Instagram and just thought I'd reach out and say, I love what I'm hearing. You guys have a great chemistry and it's such a fun sounding show. Keen to hear more. Well, don't worry, because you're going to. Thanks. You can hear plenty. (laughs) You can hear so much. Um, Another one was from a Deverage. Um, Humorous podcast about films. Amazing chemistry between the two girls as they discuss all things film and TV. Def- definitely looking forward to more episodes. Thank che- you, Deverage. Cheers, ears. Uh, the next one we have is from Caroline. Engaging, chatty podcast, catching up on films. Sort of a book club for films. I like that description. Yeah. Thanks, Caroline. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've also, because we were saying to people that maybe they should drop us their Tim Burton favourite films. Ooh. And we've had a few in. So we haven't been able to put them all up, actually, because we'd be here all day. But, <laughs> well, we have had quite a few. Yeah, no, I've yeah, up some yeah, of them. yeah. Um, so, uh, Harry, who does the first one come from? Uh, the first one is from Dev. I believe you know Dev. I do. He's the father of my child. 
I've laid with him. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, Dev uh, says he loves Corpse Bride. He does love this film. He, he has, watches it a lot. And he, he mentioned make... it in the second episode, didn't he? Yeah, it's his favourite film. One yeah, the Thor five. episode. Go back and listen. Yeah, because <laughs> he was a special guest. He was. Um, yeah, sorry, going back to uh, Dev's uh, message. He says, definitely my favourite Tim Burton film. It has haungingly beautiful soundtrack. Burton's signature art style and a mix of pathos and humour really come together perfectly. Our next one is from a Michaela. Her favourite uh, Tim Burton film is Beetlejuice. I think it's the perfect combination between creepy and funny. That's very true, actually. Yeah. Michael Keaton is fab in it and my favourite scenes are the Deo, Deo. They like come and we want to go home. <laughs> Where he makes them dance around the table singing the Banana Boat song by Harry Balafonte. Also, I like the waiting room scene with the shrunken head guy. It's definitely a great Halloween film and the legacy has stayed strong. Everyone knows Beetlejuice. That's very true. That's a good review. That's a really That's good sorry, review. Good comment. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so the next one is from Anne and her choice is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Anne did enjoy this film, not as much as the original, but it was still a great effort from Burton. Depp was believable as Willy Wonka as he tends to play the quirky, weird character extremely well. Not quite Gene Wilder, but a good second place. A nice film to take you away for a few hours. Definitely true. Definitely true. And our next one is from Steph. I think Mars Attacks is one of the most underrated and under-talked about films. I have to agree with that, mm. and I do love it. It has a fantastic cast, even with the lack of Johnny Depp. And even though he's tried to fit every genre possible into one film, it just seems to work. If you fancy a comedy, thriller, action, sci-fi, drama, then this is the film for you. Also, she mentions Big Fish. With Big Fish, I love the way he makes the whole film so believable. Tim Burton transports you into these crazy stories and it feels like you're right there, experience it all. It's really quite magical and has a fantastic soundtrack. Interesting. <laughs> Did you not like the soundtrack? Uh, no, do you know what? I need to give Mars, ta Mars Attacks another go. Oh, Mars Attacks I haven't seen so, it. Be, no, was it? Um, is it? I'll be not. I'll be loving you. Oh, I can't remember it. But he's like something like I'll be loving you. It's been such a long time since I've seen it, and I was a little girl when I saw it, and it's... that dog's head on. Yeah, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker freaked yeah. me out. Yeah. So yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good film. Okay, I'll go back to that one. I'll check that one again. It's so weird. So Tim Burton. <laughs> I didn't know it was him for years. Yeah, no, wow. it's so weird. Okay. It's so good. I actually nearly picked it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was torn between Beetlejuice, um, uh, Mars Attacks, and Edward. See, I'd feel really, I'm kind of glad that you didn't pick it because I'd have no comment Nothing on it. Nothing to say, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. that's bad. Uh, moving on to the, uh, another, one, another uh, comment is from Glass Half Film. This was on Instagram. This was on Instagram. Uh he says, curveball, but big fish. I'm a real sucker for adventure films. Great cast and beautiful sets too. I have to agree. I don't love it, but it's a nice film. Yeah. Yeah. Is Ewan McGregor in there? Yeah. 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 Um, and our last one is from Hannah. And she, again, picked Beetlejuice. And I noticed with a lot of the comments we got in, Beetlejuice was a running favourite, actually. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favourite Tim Burton movies. It is amazing. Fun fact, Beetlejuice is only on screen for eight minutes. Best not write that name anymore, as she's mentioned him <laughs> twice. Um, I thought he was on screen for about eight minutes myself. And I had a look. And some people are saying 17. Some are saying 17.5. I'm not quite sure. But needless to say, he's on for a very short time. He but is, has the most amazing impact. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Why didn't he win a freaking Oscar for that role? We'll, oh, get, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to okay. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
okay, okay, okay. We've had to stop ourselves from talking about this, like all things Tim Burton all day, just for this podcast, just for you guys. I know, we were getting a bit carried away in the old coffee shop. (laughs) Again, I bet coffee shops hate us. (laughs) I know, because we talk too much. We really do, and really loudly. (laughs) Right then, shall we get into the crux of it all? Yep, definitely. Okay, so Tim Burton was born Timothy Walter Burton um, in Burbank, California, all the way back in 1958, August 25th. He looks like he's got a bit of a Walter to him. He does, doesn't he? Mm. A bit of a Walter. Yeah. Um, his parents were known as Bill and Jean. Bill and Jean Burton. Oh. They, Billy- they raised old Tim. Billy Jean. Billy Jean. <laughs> Billy Jean Burton, yeah. Sorry, I think he no like disrespect. That. Um, he grew up in Burbank, so he attended Burbank. And uh, when he went to school, he wasn't interested in the math and the science when I was writing this actually I was thinking this is so Harry he was interested (laughs) in painting drawing and watching movies Um, and apparently one of the films he made was as early as the age of 13 called The Island of Dr. Agnor and apparently that's one of the um, earliest films that's actually there's a copy somewhere looking around I'd be interested to see that yeah see what he did Um, and as we can probably see by the films that he makes he was seriously engrossed in classic horror films Mm. from people such as uh, Roger Corman who coincidentally used Vincent Price in his films and as we can see in uh, Vincent Price is used in Beetlejuice and he also narrates a short film made by Burton called Vincent he's the inventor in Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's the inventor. Not in Beetlejuice, sorry. In Edward Scissorhands. I was going to say. I got that wrong. <laughs> I know he he mean, was I know used in my... Edward Scissorhands <laughs> as the inventor. We've had plenty of glasses of wine. Oh, yeah. Y'all come back now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so he then went to uh, the California Institute of Arts in cool. 1979. And then, and then he became an apprentice for Walt Disney. No an way! animator. No way. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He must be able to draw. You and him should have a draw off. <laughs> I think he'd kick my ass. But... Ah, you'd get there. Oh. Um, but when he was at university, he did films uh, such as Stalk of the Celery Monster mm. and King of the Octopus. <laughs> they sound so obscure. I, I know, that. but, you know, they're probably great. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, you know, as we see, Turnbert... Uh, Turn... <laughs> Are you really struggling with the name? I can't say his name, yeah. Just say TB. Okay, yeah. as we know, TB is known for many films that possess a certain kind of theme unlike any other. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's really easy to tell a Tim Burton, Tim Burton film, a TB film, as Harry likes to say, because he's got a very distinct style oh, yes. of directing. Oh, yes. And uh, his films tend to have a very dark, gothic theme. And a macabre. Yeah, yeah. all the way throughout. Um, um, he tends to lead towards the outsider and demonstrate a world where uh, people fear different. Yeah, you know, in films like yeah. if you look at Edward, different Edward Scissorhands, different Corpse's Bride. You know what I mean? And he also gives the view of the outsider, and and he kind of teaches us about what it is um, to be different and yeah. what that actually means. Yeah, totally. you know. So you probably got a lot of people that watch his films that are you know kind of that person sat at home, a bit weird. <laughs> you know, people don't really get them, and that's kind of who he talks about. Hmm. And a common factor in his films is his ability to make the audience connect with the main character. Like, I mean, you love The Outsider and he uses a lot of close-up shots so you really get to kind of feel that, you know, like you're standing with them almost. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And um, this enables them to gain this like emotional connection. And uh, there's also a common cinematic technique used in the fact that he uses a lot of non-diegetic music in his films. 
Mm. He does. Yeah, I yeah. noticed that in a lot of his films. And also with the use of contrasted lighting, um, it further enhances the gothic, gothic theme throughout the films. And so I think that from all that, you kind of can see that's Tim Burton. Yeah, he's definitely the auteur of his... Yeah, craft. like you said earlier yeah. on, yeah. He's... I think there's certain directors that come under that category. Like very... F- I don't think there's a lot. Like you've got your That's Kubrick you and you've that. got your Lynch, David Lynch. Like, do you know what I mean? I think there's some. Alec, my partner, he questioned... He said last night, he was just like, is there anybody that is so much like Tim Burton that they could get mistaken for Tim Burton? And I was just like, I don't think so. No. He's just... He is... Yeah, his own been. entity out mm. there and I love that I don't think you can say that about many directors because it's like no. it's like when I did these drawings I did some drawings for this episode yeah. to promote it you'd look at that and think Tim Burton yeah. I don't think you could kind of do you don't need to tell people it's no, Tim Burton no no and I, I no. don't think you could do that with many kind of directors out there That that's what makes him definable very different yeah but I love it yeah, oh yeah. I love it. You know you're in for something different when you watch one of his films. You know it's not going to be the generic, you know, okay, no. this happened. This looks like this, you know. And uh, one uh, thing, he has like a certain theme running through his, film, through his films in the sense of like actors. Mm. He uses a lot of the same yeah, actors. Was, Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Jones, Helena McCartan, Christopher Lee. Like, do you know what I mean? He finds a good source of talent. Mm. Like, he's what he's always stuck with Danny Elfman pretty much. But... Like, yeah, he returns He returns to films with other actors, Johnny Depp, like you said. Helena well, it's Bonham probably Carton. as well an enjoyment, because like I, I think it was Clint Eastwood who said, I may be wrong, but I think it was Clint Eastwood who said that, you know, when he wait, makes a movie, he wants to enjoy it. He, want, he doesn't want some diva demanding something. He wants mm. to get on with his cast. And, you know, I suppose if you... Uh, have a relationship with these people and you know you're going to get on with them you know that when they come back to do the film not only are they going to do an amazing job you're going to have fun yeah you're not going to have any antics and why not like, yeah exactly yeah so I think that's one thing's very in common and um, I noticed another theme throughout his films um, in the sense that um, there always seems to be like a parental figure but not necessarily to the child, their own child, or they may not have a child. Yeah. Like, yeah, like look in Beetlejuice, uh, sorry, Edward Scissorhands, for example, and Beetlejuice. In Edward Scissorhands, the way they take in Edward. And There's Sleepy Hollow as well. Yeah, exactly. With Ichabod and um, the yeah. kid, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah that, that young lad, yeah, I can't remember his name either. Nasbeth. Nasbeth, yeah. And uh, Beetlejuice <laughs> with, um, like, the way Barbara and Adam take on Lydia. Yeah. You know, there's kind of, there seems to be someone to look out for someone his themes always kind of run you've got you've got like the underdog who's a character like you said earlier he's a bit out of the real world yeah and they kind of get through this whole scenario engaging with death and life uh, and they always look disheveled (laughs) (laughs) but i was watching um i was watching edward scissorhands and i was looking at his hair and then I went and watched the extras mm. and Tim Burton was on it and his hair was like Edward Scissorhands and I was like, okay. I think... Is, in, are you Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> I was going to mention this later, but when it comes to Johnny Depp in his movies, perhaps apart from Edward, he, I think he's channeled himself into... Like, I actually read that that, 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 that apparently may be the case. Oh, really? He oh. channels himself. Yeah. I don't know whether it was him or someone said it. I can't right. remember. Um, but yeah, that's a, which is probably because a lot of the characters that Johnny Depp plays are very different. They're very quirky. They're very out there. Yeah. And you know, when you watch Tim Burton in interviews, he kind of comes across that way in a nice endearing way. I just had a thought, imagine if Tim Burton was allowed to have directed one of the Harry Potter movies. Oh my God. That actually would have been really interesting. Yeah. 
Think the, what he'd done with the chess scene when they had the big chess fight. Oh my god, that would have been epic. And it was good. It was amazing, but yeah. Yeah. Good point. Wow. My head's just spinning. <laughs> like like one of those spinny wheels <laughs> in his films. <laughs> in his films. Cool. Um all right, Lorraine, I wanna know. All right, I want you to start talking about um your first film. My first film is Edward Scissorhands. Um and as you know my second film is Beetlejuice. But I feel like I need to say first there is quite a lot of similarities. Do you think? Within these films, yeah. Um, in the fact that there's the dichotomy um, between the deceased Adam and Barbara and the Dietzes. Uh, the Dietzes are very loud and pretentious. Uh, they're very like, you know, oh, we live in our little house and we're all very prim and proper. And also in Edward Scissorhands, you have like the, um, Edward Scissorhands is like this artificial looking man. He's very dark, very gothic and leather. And then you have this like amazing town like below so you've got like these two i think in the sense what i mean by that is these two completely different worlds yeah um but yet you know like we tend to side obviously with the deceased couple in that and we just you know we side with um edward who you know are the 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 weird ones in it because one's dead two are dead and one's not real yeah he's not a man like well he is more of a man than some people um (laughs) and also the opening credits like if you look at beetlejuice and you look at edward scissorhands there's all this camera gliding through yeah both scenes and like you know with those scissor hands it's over the the um what do you call it the toy model the model town yeah no i was gonna say something similar but they, they, he does that in batman returns as well he glides yeah in. it's a it, it's a definite um style of yeah the opening sort of custom of his to do that yeah it's like it's almost like someone's floating with the camera to like an erratic danny elfman score oh god going... when i watched beetlejuice um i actually watched this last night and i haven't seen it in quite a while and the uh, luckily my kid was away for the night, um, so I had I I had it turned up really loud for some reason. I must have been watching something else another day, and the music came on, the the score came on, and it was I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And I um I played it back because I just thought it was so good and it's so mischievous and it's yeah. like something naughty is about to happen and then yeah. you know the big spider comes over yeah. and all this kind of no it's uh so I think in that style there's um kind of the way the camera glides and the angles and the differences between like you know the dead and the the deets and like there's a lot you know in that sense of uh similarities i think yeah no that totally there is but um one edward scissorhands uh-huh. is actually uh the first film i was going to talk about and of course stars uh uh johnny depp um as edward himself was that the first tim burton movie? that was the first tim burton ma- they made together they also made edward charlie and chocolate factory sleepy hollow um and a couple I there is more but I can't remember there is more there is more I think <laughs> they've done Bride, about he did, Corpse he was, Bride yeah. yeah I think they've done about five yeah. five or six together um, oh Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd yeah. yeah which I wasn't actually a fan of I it was too long but I loved it no I wasn't a fan of Sweeney Todd that's the only Tim Burton film actually I, I didn't I just didn't take to oh really yeah I didn't take to it at all um, so yeah there's one out there sorry Tim <laughs> nothing personal <laughs> I have a few do you yeah yeah. I love you, but I don't like Mars Attacks, as I said. Oh, that film's amazing. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland didn't love that. I didn't mind it, actually. It wasn't my favourite. I mean, I've got my favourites, my Ed Woods, my Edward, my Beetle. You like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, it's, too, it's too much CGI. I don't think he needed to go in that direction. I think he should have, like, stuck with the sort of stage production kind of vibe yeah. that he has. Um, that's, yeah. 
You win some, you lose them. You win some, you lose them. Well, for those of you who have never seen Edward, I would highly recommend it. It's um, fantasy romance drama. And it's really... Edward or Edward Scissorhands? Edward Scissorhands, sorry. <laughs> well, it's hard, Edward, Edward. Edward. There's too many Edwards going on here. So Edward Scissorhands. Um, this is basically a film about um, a woman, an Avon lady, played by Diane Weist, um, who basically called Peg. She's trying to get some sales and she notices in the background the big dark castle and up she goes and meets Edward. Brings him down, not thinking for a minute how he's going to integrate into that type of life. As I said, he lives up in this big dark castle. Everything's dark. Apart from the gardens. The gardens are amazing. Yeah, fiery um, gardens. Yeah, exactly. And everything's dark. And it comes down into like pastel. Well, pastel goes to die. <laughs> I mean, every single house. I mean, it's the worst place. And like, he's coming down. And one thing I find hilarious about this film is the gossip. Mm. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. literally, she's got someone in the car. They can't see his hands. So they don't know that he's like got scissors for hands, which I can understand people being, dude, your man in the car, he's got scissors for hands. Like, I could understand them being excited about that. But they're like ringing up and she's like, her, her answer machine is full and they're knocking on the door and they're ringing each other like, oh, did you see some such and such as a guy in their car? And, all this, and it's just like such a gossip central, which yeah. I actually find quite funny. No, yeah, I do. But I mean, yeah. if it was happening to me, I'd be like, no. Um, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jog on. Um, but it actually opens up in a really nice way. Winona Ryder is, is the grandmother. Oh, this. yes. Yeah, because she's obviously a young girl in the film but she's the, the grandmother story. now and she's telling the story to her granddaughter because like the snow's falling and the snow never fell until he came along and snow's falling tonight i know maybe mm, he's out there it's like i hope so because he's really lovely um <laughs> so yeah and like it's the room she's in it's so warm and it's like it, it's actually kind of the only scenes in the film that aren't tim burton it could be anything. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It could it's be like anything. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It could be anything. But it is very inviting. I mean, you want to be in that room with the snow falling and the warmth well and all cozy. that. Yeah, it's really cozy. <laughs> yeah. So Edward Scissorhands comes down. Um, he is very childlike. He's yes, very soft spoken, yeah. very innocent. But he's like a man, but he's kind of like he's he's like a little boy. Yeah, it doesn't, but it, yeah. Th th there's such a, a huge innocence to him. I have to say, Johnny Depp plays that role so well, doesn't he? he like does. in terms of what you were just talking about, yeah. the innocence and like yeah. his naivety and everything. Yeah, exactly. And he comes to, and like one thing I found uh, really quite strange about it is um, he comes down and he's got scissors for hands. He looks like nobody else. Looks like he's dead. Yeah, like he's, it's it's not that he's a bit weird looking. You're right. He looks like he's dead. And everyone just like, it's like nobody notices what he looks like or what his hands are like. They're just curious and nosy. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed um, The Great Showman that you went yeah. to see. Again, I haven't seen it yet. But you were like, essentially, it's a freak show. Yeah. And this is why these people are intrigued in Edward. He's a freak. Actually, that's, that's a really a horrible good, thing to that's say. That's a really valid point. Because I was going to say with, um, what's her name? Winona Ryder's character, Kim. Yeah. She comes home and she is like shocked. Who is this guy? What What's he doing here? Like, you know, and that's the way you expect people to initially react. Mm. Uh, you know, he does look a bit different, but yeah. the fact he's got scissors <laughs> for hands, nobody seems to be like, shit, that's Dude, this guy's got like... scissors for hands. 
but as the as the film goes on it kind of it kind of then shows you what we're like mm. like basically there's this one woman in it uh she's she's one of the neighbors and she basically wants to shag everyone oh, going yeah. <laughs> and she tries it on with him and of course he's the child he's a he's the mind of a child he doesn't understand and um because she doesn't get what she wants she literally turns yeah everyone against him you know and it's it's so sad and then all this stuff happens like and everything that he does is accidental he doesn't intend on hurting people but the knives get in the way and all this kind of stuff and you know diane weiss character and winona Ryder's character can see that but everyone else like for instance especially winona Ryder's boyfriend yeah is like this is my reason, my, this is the reason I have now to also go on about how horrible he is, like, and how dangerous he is and how destructive he is instead of, oh, he, that was an accident. Yeah. So he, they use that. They go over, it's so over the top. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? You know, and, um, you know, eventually he just goes back. You know what I mean? He goes back up there because they were, they wanted him to be like he was Something like a puppet. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he didn't perform for when, them yeah, the way when, they wanted him exactly. to, exactly, he was like ostracized from everyone. And like, you know, he goes back up there. And uh, when Winona Ryder actually comes down and says that he's died, the woman that did it. If you if you watch this, all the townsfolk have gone up here. You know, like pitchforks mob mentality. And she is the last person to turn around. Everyone just starts walking home and she kind of steps back and you can see in her face. I like to think it's her going, fuck, what have I done? Yeah. Where she realizes that she's actually contributed to this because everyone started going nuts for him in a bad way when she said that he had tried to rape her, right. which he didn't do. She tried to rape him. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? But I think one of the big things about this film that got me is it's all about sacrifice. He's in love with Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is in love with him. And they both separate because that's the best thing to do. Sad. They can't be together. And what is it with you with in these kind of films? <laughs> what do you mean? Bridges of, Bridges of Madison County. I know, but it's just like you know, there's nothing worse than you know, there's two single people. I mean, obviously in the Bridges of Madison County, she was married, but like, there's two people here. They're single. They're not doing anything wrong, and but because of the way other people are treating them. Yeah. You know, she, she, you know, because at the end, the the granddaughter's like, would you not go and see him again? And she's like, oh, no, I want him to remember me as I was. And it's just so sad because, like, he was in love with her and now he's, he has an age day. You know, yeah. he's not dying. It's, yeah. And he's got to live with that for eternity. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and she has too because you can see that she still has that feeling for him. But they, you know, f for safety reasons almost. They had to separate. So it was really sad, but I really... Um, it's a sad story, definitely. It is. And, you know, I just... It, it's just like you get... You look at Edward Scissorhands and you think, oh my God, he's so scary. Oh, back away. But it's the townsfolk that you need to be worried about. Oh, uh, from I think that's one of the things about Tim Burton movies. When he shows those parallels, that's the... that's. I mean, I look at all that pastel and all the... You know, oh, it's the, horrible. And you're just like, ugh, it's gross. When she comes in with the ambrosia custard rice thing yeah. and i'm just and she puts it in his mouth and i was sitting there going no yeah no he's 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 i think i mean i know he's meant to be a creepy character but i think he's beautiful in comparison to and, what, and which is yeah. what winona riders like finds out yeah you know also i forgot that her boyfriend is a kid from the breakfast Uncle michael club. hall yeah you're just like what yeah but he, the difference in him in uh breakfast club and that he's like you know and then you see him there's that t he did a tv series 
um i can't dead zone or something i think it's called and he looks good really yeah anthony michael hall grew up (laughs) (laughs) and looks good (laughs) yeah i remember when i saw him i was like that's not anthony michael hall yes it is enjoy enjoy (laughs) no he's really good look he's really handsome very rugged and yeah he beefed up he beefed up yeah he beefed up good (laughs) yeah no i i it is a sad film overall i think it's one of his saddest really it's extremely sad because at the end of the day they're in love and like you know could you imagine having to leave alec oh uh, like do you know what i mean and just not be with them again don't take this the wrong way. And I love her. <laughs> yeah, I could do it. No problem. See ya. <laughs> no, no. That's not... I'm alluding to something else. The saddest bit of that movie for me is when the creator dies and he's just kind of... And his oh, hands... And, and they crumble. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah. it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And then he's stuck with the... Fucking with the scissors. Scissors. Oh, so sad. But I'm glad he gets to create... I'm, I'm yeah. doing the motion. <laughs> I'm getting glad he gets to create his tapiri you know monsters oh when he does the ice sculpture and she's twirling around like her arms up like a ballerina I think that's one of the most romantic scenes it's like she's on one of those you know a jewellery box when you open it up and the person's spinning it's like that Um, no but that's and that's an example of um, he cuts her by mistake he doesn't even see her and everyone uses this as an an excuse to jump all over it Mm. But yeah, I, I think if you haven't seen Edward Scissorhands, definitely go out and watch it. And it's a really nice Christmas film. Yes. It really d- is. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I would. And it, it's he's 1990. Got, he's... It's quite a long time ago, but it's uh, yeah. it's it's very, very good. That's after Beetlejuice, isn't it? Yeah, he was 88. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Cool. One of the best. Cool, cool, cool. cool what have cool, you done? Cool. So, my uh, first Tim Burton movie is Batman Returns, uh, 1992. I wouldn't have... I can't, you know, I forget that he does the Batman films. Like, even though, like, when I look, when I was researching, I was like, oh, yeah, and when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, he does the Batman films. What, what, out of all his films, why that one? I remember why it sticks out to me, and that's... Oh, okay. Catwoman. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, because, um, do you feel like she's more of the main character than he is, than Batman is? Totally. Yeah. I feel... Should it be called Catwoman? Didn't they make yeah. a film called Catwoman? They didn't. It's so bad. Is it Halle Berry in that <laughs> yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> the worst Catwoman so far. Oh. Uh, no. Sorry, Halle. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, hands down, and I know I go on about Ben Affleck, <laughs> but Michael Keaton is by far the best Batman that ever lived. I'm just saying. And don't you bloody see Christian Bell. Do you know? No. No, no. I I don't know. Oh, I thought he was brilliant. I love, mm. but I I just love Michael Keaton. I think he's amazing. He is great. But okay, I'm gonna be really honest from the start. Okay. I chose this film before I'd watched it. had hadn't I, I hadn't watched it in a long time. But I just remember thinking, God, I love Batman. Batman Returns. They're like my favorite Batman movies. And for this episode, I went and watched it, and I. I loved it, but I found a lot of flaws with it this time. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Didn't you love Danny DeVito, though, as the no, penguin? No, I, I mean, I love I love it. I still love it. but um, And I love Michael Keaton. and But I just feel like he's a bit of a side character in it. He's not... He's, he's not, like, a protagonist in any way in Batman Returns. And it kind of made me a bit sad. 
thinking about that. But he's, he's still great. I don't mm. think he's a, I don't necessarily think he's the bestest. Who do you think is the best Batman? I don't know. Batman's a really odd character. George Clooney? <laughs> <laughs> Even George would say that. <laughs> do you know, and I don't think he's like great. I don't think he's the best. But the one I'm most fond for is... Um, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. <laughs> I totally love that film. Batman Forever is sick. But we could we could do a different episode okay. on Batman. Like. We should do a Batman episode. Oh my god! Yeah. I may say nice things about Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> is that South Park? I don't know what it is. Sounds like South Park. I was going to say something else, but I can't. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, as you probably all know, the overview of Batman Returns is that Batman. Uh, well, it begins with the story of the Penguin. He is uh, born to some rich parents. They're mean. They think he's ugly. He's a beast. He's got oh. you know, weird things going on with his hands. And he's got a bit of a strange nose. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, they, they abandon him. They throw him into the water and he floats away in this big long... That's so mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. <sighs> and in this big sequence, he kind of like floats down through the sewers and he gets adopted by some penguins from the zoo. As you do. <laughs> sometimes you hear about kids getting adopted by wolves in the forest this is very true I think I'd rather get adopted by wolves than penguins me too <laughs> wolves are amazing they are basically the uh, synopsis is Batman has to do battle with the penguin whilst also falling in love and battling with um... Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> yeah. aka Selena Kyle aka Catwoman I must say I think Michelle Pfeiffer Oh is one of the most beautiful looking yes. women that ever graced our presence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's stunning. And there's this one bit in Stardust when she turns oh, yeah. into, you know, she's not a witch <laughs> yeah. anymore. And she just, she's standing face the mirror and she just looks back over her shoulder and she goes, ooh, yeah. like that. And I'm just like, you're so gorgeous. You know it. She's so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. She just doesn't seem to age. She just looks beautiful all the time. Yeah. No, she does. And I think she was, a, I, she's the best cat woman Two of ever graced our yeah. screens. I Meow. Mean, yeah. <laughs> There's some great. I didn't realize like some of the one-liners that I I forgot were from her. Like life's a bitch and now I'm one. Yeah, so, I remember that. So good. Love that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the synopsis of this, of this story. There's also um uh, a character of Max Shrek played by he's a, he's a powerful tycoon and he's planning to sabotage the city. He wants to create a power plant and. Steal the energy of the city. Selena Kyle slash Catwoman finds out. He kills her, bastard. Overreaction. And, uh, <laughs> and that's when she... And this is when it really hit me, watching it again. Because when I was a kid, I was intrigued about who she was and what she was becoming. She's a freaking zombie. And I was like, whoa. She's a zombie. And that, like... Uh, but that's I love what, zombies. I, I mean... <laughs> I love zombie-related film TV. No, I do, I do. But as a, I mean, I saw this as a kid, and I just That's found scary. Like, yeah, no, it was no, it wasn't scary. I was just no. kind of like, ooh, who's Catwoman? And she's always been this mysterious character to me. I think she's one of the best DC comic book characters out there. I really do, because she's a bit more mystical, perhaps, than the others. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's she's brought back to life by cats. What? And if he, as a little kid, I didn't twig this, but there was something intriguing about it. It's like with Edward Scissorhands. You don't know what he is. 
I mean, I know. No, good point. He, you don't. Uh, he, he, you know, he's not alive and he's not dead. He's, and that's what she. Well, there's a, yeah, because there's a shot where um, it, it, there's a flashback to the inventor, like a thing Tim Burton actually does quite a lot in his films is flashbacks. Yes, he does, yeah. And um, uh, Edward Scissorhands is sat on like a table and he sat there from like the waist up and then there's a leg kind of folded yeah. around. So, yeah, he's, um, inverted commas, a man, but... He's not... Re- he's, not he's not a real... He's Yeah. Despite the fact he's more manly than any man in there. <laughs> there are... I Thinking about it, there are a lot of similarities between her and Edward. And Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. But yeah... She, she, yeah, she's got the crazy curly hair. Because <laughs> doesn't she in it, she's quite a lonely character. She doesn't, she's like single, yeah. doesn't have many friends. She goes back to her, because she owns cats, doesn't she? She goes back to her, does yeah. she have a, yeah, she yeah. has cats. So she goes back on her own. So I suppose in that sense, she's, as Tim Burton does a lot of loner characters, she's the loner. Yeah, she's the underdog know. in who, who, you know, makes themselves into this sort of magnificent yeah. character and yeah. she yeah, she, I, she I, yeah definitely she she kind of rules the the screen I think in this and what do you think about the scene where um you know she forms this alliance with the penguin but um he kind of makes a sexual advance towards her which she obviously <laughs> do one do one and uh then he tries to kill her it's odd it just it's horrible and you think well, i don't think it was needed quite frankly okay i think they could have in i think in these modern times that kind of storyline wouldn't happen i really don't so do you feel if this this film was made today it would be done even if it was the tim burton film with the same characters and the same kind of story it would be done just slightly different. i think tim burton would have twisted it so that she screws over the penguin okay yeah yeah i don't think the penguin I don't think the penguin's a great character. In a way, he kind of he's almost a throwaway character in this. He's not enough. He's really creepy. He's massively creepy. He's fantastic to look at. Danny DeVito does that character really well. Yeah, and it, it literally because I when I was watching it, I was like, I know Danny Danny DeVito does it, but I was like, who's playing him? I see. I, I watched a little a couple of clips on YouTube, and I was like, who's who's playing him? Because it just it's that scene where I think. Um, he's eating some fish and he walks down the stairs to the oh yeah I remember yeah. that yeah it's a bit similar to um, again Edward Scissorhands in mm. that he's this weird character and mm. he comes downstairs and there's all these like you know so and when bucks. he eats it's yeah. like just stuffed into his mouth oh and... it's gross and he goes <sighs> all the time and he's just like oh gross oh and his horrible onesie that looks soiled oh. it's horrible <laughs> yeah you know he plays that character very well I have to say but um, again, I I don't feel that he's uh, put on the sc- he he oh, what's he's just not developed enough. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that. I just felt there was a massive flaw in this movie. It makes it really sad. What you don't think the pain was de- was developed? Enough? No, you get the backstory, but then that's kind of that's it. That's it. Um, and none of them really go anywhere. It. So what I'm leading to is that. Crap storyline, but visually yeah. stunning. Yeah, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for Best Makeup and one for Best Visual Effects. And I think with, and it, I'll mention this later on as well, with this film, the set design is just so rich. Mm. It's, it's, I'd say it's one of Tim Burton's best. Again, going back to that German expressionistic yeah. sort of style that you mentioned, 
it's so heavy in this film. Yeah, it definitely is. And it definitely, I think really when you're thinking back on this film, this is what you think of. Yeah. You know, the dark noir. So dark. Yeah, it's really yeah. dark. The, the art deco kind of style. Do you ever see the sun in it? I don't, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. No. Um, and like the way the, the, the penguins henchmen are all sort of saturated circus folk. It's, it's almost like something out of a, a sepia picture and they just suddenly start moving, mm. you know? He, he does it really well. Well, a lot of his films are very either very undersaturated or very oversaturated. But then when it comes to, because um, it's based in cri- at Christmas, you get the red. He really uses red. Do you ever notice, the- though, with his blood... It's like a dollop of paint. It doesn't, it's so unrealistic. It's, it's it, the most, and no matter what film you yeah. watch, it's the most, like, especially, sorry, I know you're going to talk about it, the Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And um, it, the same with Edward Scissorhands. It's like, did you just open a tin of paint? Yeah. But it works. You don't look at it and go, that's so unrealistic. It the actually o- works. The only time I think it didn't work were in certain scenes in Sweeney Todd. I was a bit like, it's, that's just, yeah. But, uh, yeah, hmm. but, in other films, you don't even care. You're just like, oh, it's red. No, because like, it's like such a contrast, isn't yeah. it? Like like in Sleepy Hollow, like the kind of, it's completely gloom all day. Like, you know, it's a very grey. Yeah. And then you've got this, like I suppose in Schindler's List, you've got that kind of scene and then the girl in the red coat. Yeah. It's that dramatic. Yeah, yeah. That you notice it. You don't think, oh, he's bleeding. You think, oh, there's some blood. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. Like the effect that you get when you see that little girl is like that red coat. Yeah. Yeah, he uses red, um, mm. and I know. Well, I'd, I'd just say predominantly red in films in that sort of contrasting way, and it, yeah. it has a mass, massive effect. But I have to say, oh, on this viewing, I just found Batman kind of boring. Really? Yeah. Maybe I need to watch them again then because I haven't seen them in years, mm, like it, either of them. It's Michelle Pfeiffer, and then the costume and set design in this film are what sells it. Yeah. Even Danny DeVito, I mean, he's great as the disgusting yeah. penguin. He's great. <laughs> but I, I was, I just feel really bad because I just used to love this film. It was really, and that's why I picked it. But I hadn't seen it in a few years, and then I watched it again, and I was just like, oh, huh. yeah, yeah, mm. okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, it wasn't the most enjoyable choice for your Tim Burton was, experience. It wasn't that it wasn't enjoyable. It was just. You thought it was going to be better. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being better, but mm. I think as and it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I've always thought it's one of my favourites. Mm. But as an adult, you notice that it's just a weak plot, um, and in terms of storyline, yeah, it's not great. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, so I'm really sad that I've gone on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> Should have picked Mars Taxi. I still better than that. <laughs> If you watch that again, you might you might think differently. I'm not big into like crazy alien goofy. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but yeah. I I really liked it. Well, I, I loved Lucas Haas in it. I think he was brilliant. I don't know who that is. He's been in quite a few things, but um, I think he's in Ah, that's a good. Yeah, Witness. He was in Witness, Inception, The Revenant, Mars Attack. Our neighbours are noisy. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's freaky-deaky. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, as we get on to Beetlejuice, 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 I said it three times. Oh, no. I know. 
we're all gonna die. <laughs> um, it's like Candyman. Candyman. Candy. Isn't that five times? No, don't say that. Ah. That genuinely freaks me out. Okay. Candyman. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you have to say it in a mirror anyway. So. Give me a mirror. Um, yeah. So Beetlejuice is an amazing Tim Burton film from 1988. It stars Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis. Can I just say, uh, Alec Baldwin exceptionally attractive in this film. I don't think he is. Oh, really? No, and don't get me wrong. I loves me a bit of Alec. Baldwin. <laughs> Harry's partner's called Alec. Alec Baldwin. Although her partner's pretty hot too. Very Keanu Reeves. Thank you um, much. Which is really disappointing because I was so in love with him. <laughs> oh, no, I can't be. It's not disappointing. It is it's for me. Winning. It is for me. <laughs> not disappointing for you. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so Beetlejuice is a film about a couple... Uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, who are Adam and Barbara, who die in a car crash. And it happens the, really soon in the film, doesn't it? It happens straight at the beginning, and they go back to their house, and uh, they don't really realize straight away that they're dead until certain things happen. And then a family moves in because the house goes up for sale, and Winona Ryder uh, moves in there with her stepmom and father, who are very well, the father's fine. But the mother is very bizarre. And there's actually something I thought was very similar is the fact that Alan Arquin, the father figure in Edward Scissorhands, and Jeffrey Jones, the father figure in Beetlejuice, they're very, I just want an easy life. They don't really involve <laughs> themselves. I, I noticed that, especially with Alan Arkin's character. It's like, it's almost like they don't really know what's going on around them. Yeah. Just just do what you got to do as long as it causes me no grief. Yeah. I think it was very much that kind of attitude. And Winona Ryder is a very typical character for Burton in the sense that she is a young female, quite alone, lives in her own little world. And uh, also, she seems to be the voice of reason in this film. She seems to be the one that understands what's going on. Yes. More than anyone. Like in the same with Alice in Alice in Wonderland, Emily in Corpse's Bride. She, she's the one who's the most grounded, you know? Um, so basically, the whole thing is them moving into this house and eventually the mum and dad, the stepmom and dad, realising that they've got ghosts and, of course, using them to their advantage. Yeah. After the infamous dance around the table scene <laughs> of best film Day scenes in, uh... I mean, it, I was watching it and it was just so funny. Mm. Like, it was so funny. And, um, you know, this this thing to get them out of the house doesn't work. They just are then fascinated by the fact. Yeah, they turn it around, don't they? They turn it Again, around. it's the freak show element. Exactly, exactly, the freak show element. So they, you know, they think they're going to get people, you know, the top guys up here and all this kind of stuff. Like, and, you know, it's it's really quite sad in a sense in the fact that, again, people using... Exploiting. Exploiting, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Adam and Barbara, who is... Uh, they're the people, the deceased couple. They meet Lydia, and then, as I mentioned before, people taking on the parental role. They kind of almost adopt Lydia. In it's a all, sense, it's quite weird. It is quite weird because she kind of like, again, it's like as I said in Edward Scissorhands, she's not really shocked. There's no like, oh my god, no one's like going. She like waves that polaroid. And is like, oh, you're a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> are you like... all gross under there? Are you like Night of the Living <laughs> yeah. Dead under there? And but there seems so you just to want to like. Shake yeah, yeah. As, as she says, um, um, live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself and strange am strange and unusual. unusual. And like you know, she's a complete loner, dressed in black. She has a veil. It's like she's constantly mourning. 
um, you know, she she tries to kill herself so that she can become with. She wants to be with them yeah. rather than with her own family. Um, this film screams German expressionism, like with the weird decor that uh, the mother does in the house and the yeah. sculptures and the. I mean, this film is so bizarre. The mothers, but it is. It's just all so bizarre. And then she gets Otho in, you know, the the interior designer, who is like really like, how amazing am I? Yeah. But he is one actually that throughout the film he knows what's going on with, you know, he senses the whole ghost thing. Like he, at the beginning, you see him. He walks by and he kind of stops and looks back. I thought I saw something. Yeah. And he's the one that brings them back, and you know, he talks about ghosts and he says about how, you know, in when you die and you become a civil servant. Well, as we know, when they go, when they die, a woman killed herself, you know, Miss Argentina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I hadn't had my little accident and she waves up her arms and she slit her wrist. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why she's all like purple and stuff. I never understood that either. I used to think, is that because like, it's a different dimension? Maybe. And she's from a different dimension. Yeah, but if you look at the colours in that, like when the football team comes in, oh, yeah. it's not a normal death thing. Again, that's the like, I was talking about undersaturated, oversaturated. It's like so in your face. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? The colours are so out there. There's nothing, Um, what's the word? Um, Oh, I can't think of the word. I can't think of the word. Subtle. There's nothing subtle about these films whatsoever. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like... And then, of course, I haven't mentioned him yet. Beetlejuice himself. Mm. I mean, what a amazing character. But God, he's disgusting. He's so vile. <laughs> and like, you know, to get... He just wants to be got, you know, out in the real world. And I love I love the bit in it where the um, the brothel... Yes, yes. That I is was just hilarious. trying to look for the quotes from that. It's so funny. That is so funny. And uh, Keaton is exceptional. I like sometimes when you watch films, you'd be like, oh, someone else. No one can play this role. No, no. He, he... He's got a way, but he's got a... one thing about Keaton. He's got these facial expressions. And he twits. Yeah, like, and he, he kind of moves his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, yeah, he's yeah. got these looks that. I don't think anyone else. He can speak really. Uh, There's some lines where he likes to. And really he talks like kind of this at times. He's just like, oh, he's rude. He's crude. He's invasive. I mean, sexual harassment. Like you know, <laughs> that is like all over this film. And um, but he's just, he's an amazing character. And you know, he's not actually in the film long, but the film's only on for about an hour and a half. Um, yeah, it's not long. Yeah, is it? it's not. Um, but what he does in it is just so amazing. And I, I just you I I mean I I've just let look and I could I could spend a good hour just quoting him mm. but like the bits where he's just like I want to do two shows shows a night anymore I just want to and things like that he just yeah. he just the way he delivers them I don't like you say I don't think anybody else could, no could have done it and he kind of the way he kind of he's very jolty yeah in you know what I mean it's like I love it when he dances up the road yeah. and he's going from the left to the right it's just <laughs> so good yeah. Yeah, no, I do, I do, I love that film. I thought it was so, and I watched it, and I obviously had a better experience than you from watching Batman Returns, and I just because I haven't seen that film for quite a long time, and I was like, do you know what? <coughs> it's still brilliant. Yeah, it still holds today. No, it, it really does. Sorry, move like because they're gonna 
potentially make another one yeah yeah i don't think they need to no they don't i don't have have a clue what they're doing with it so maybe i'm wrong yeah respect they don't need to but i feel like we need to see keaton in that kind of quirky role again well he is playing isn't he i believe so if it's happening he needs to yeah if he doesn't play it, i don't think they should do it no no, it couldn't no. be anybody other than him. No, he's re- like he. So this is a bit of a Keaton off now, but like he, he certain roles he's done. I don't have you ever seen much do about nothing. Mm-hmm. He's when he's just like Conrad, and he, he he's just like oh, I am an ass, and he just <laughs> that. I mean, that's very sort of beetle juicy. But yeah. then you know the quirky kind of thing. But then he could do sinister really. Oh well as my well. god! Like, have you seen the latest Spider Man? No. Okay. Well, um, there's a certain scene in it yeah. that he's involved in, and he's sat in the car with Spider-Man, and it's quite dark. And you, you would just be like, if you were Spider-Man, excuse my French, shit in your pants. <laughs> Did you know that his name was actual Michael Douglas? Is it really? Yeah, and he changed it because there was already a Michael Douglas. No way. Yeah, I and I think it, he changed it. I may be wrong here, but because to to Keaton because of Buster Keaton. Oh, right. oh. I may be wrong. But, but yeah, make a nice yeah. sort of homage sense. Mm. But um, have you seen him in the bird, uh, Birdman? I think so, yes. He's very good yeah. in that role. And that bit where he's walking through Times Square. Yeah. So yes. good. Yes, I have. Yeah. So good. Highly recommend watching that. But uh, yeah, oh, such a good film. It's a really good film. And it's very weird. It's very quirky. There's nothing. Yeah. And again, the huge contrast between like Adam and Barbara and the Dietzes. Yeah. You know. Oh God, Barbara's dress. Just hate it. Hate it. I know. She's like a, <laughs> she's like a, a sack. In it. I mean, Gina Davis is this tall, beautiful, gorgeous, slender woman and they dress her in a potato sack. Yeah. That's you know? one of the few roles where I like her in, I have to say. Oh, you're not a fan, Gina? I love her in... Um, film um the baseball film that she's in oh with madonna yeah oh, oh god I lo- the, 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 a year at the year of, a year no. no um crying there's no crying in baseball <laughs> are you crying oh what is that film oh i'm gonna have to google oh league of their own a league of their own i freaking love that film yeah I that's love- an amazing film you know, I don't- bit of hanks yeah he's good in that everyone role, loves but- a bit of hanks yeah hanks is good in everyone yeah um but yeah this is I'd say a handful of the like her mm. role in this is um, one of the few that I love her in. She she plays it well. She plays it really well, especially when she gets that bit of metal on her face and she's just yeah, builders, builders, builders. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Great choice. So Harry, what are you going to say to us about Sleepy Hollow? So uh, this is uh, Tim Burton's seventh motion picture. Filmed in 1999 again. 1999. There's something about that year, Lorraine. I said this in the last episode, but 1999. You said that a lot. I just think, <laughs> yeah, well, it works. We, we got some great ones. Anyway, uh, again, he comes back with Danny Elfman doing the musical score. Uh, the cinematographer this time is Emmanuel Lebetsky, and the production design is Rick Heinrich. Um, I think this is quite a change from his previous films. He's used other people, mm-hmm. and I think you can tell there's a definite style change. Yeah. Though still very Tim Burton. Very Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, 
And we don't get the swerving kind of swooping you don't. intro in this one. It's a change no. to the rhythm. And I noticed that straight off. I was just like, what? Yeah. Where is that? That's the point. It's kind of like, not like he's maturing, just changing. And I think you can, I felt that from the other. I was like, hang on, where's that, where's that gone? So that, uh, that hit me upon like watching it for this, for this podcast. Um, it's the third film with Johnny Depp. And interestingly, uh, the executive producer was Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, no, I saw that. I remember yeah. seeing that and going, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you can kind of tell there's elements in this that do kind of have that, because it's a bad film, but Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Yeah. I think that's that hammer horror kind of yeah. vibe. But that, I think that's what we said about uh, Burton films. There, You can tell he likes the, ho- the classic horror yes. type of film yeah it's he's yeah he's definitely got that vibe in this film um so to give a synopsis it's a gothic it it mixes a few genres really it's a gothic romantic supernatural horror (laughs) with elements of humor comedy and it's loosely based on the 1820 uh short story by irvine washington the legend of sleepy hollow and it's uh set in what year was that 1820 really it was written in it oh wow yeah. i didn't know it was that old mm. oh, yeah wow. i think it's very loosely very loosely based on that um i think uh, quite a few people had a bit of an issue with oh, did Burton's they? storytelling of it oh really but i love okay. it i, so I love that film it was a great film <laughs> yeah uh it's based in 1799 and it begins in uh, uh new york and follows the exploits of police constable ichabod crane played by johnny depp looking very attractive uh, in this role <laughs> uh, he's sent from New York uh, to Sleepy Hollow to investigate a series of beheadings rumoured to be uh, caused by the Headless Horseman which is played by Christopher Walken in flashbacks and certain other parts of the film and uh, along the way he meets various characters uh, such as Katrina Van Tassel played by Christina Ritchie and Lady Van Tassel played by Miranda Richardson what I noticed about watching it well, I remember watch, from watching it the first, like, first couple of times, is there's a lot of British actors in this film. And looking into yes. it, it was actually filmed a lot in Britain. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got Michael Gamble. Michael Gamble. Mm-hmm. And... Miranda Richardson. Yeah. I didn't understand why she's American in it and the other... I know, I always... I, I'm probably going to get jumped on all over for this because there's probably a reason, but... Edward has... Not Edward, sorry. Ichabod. Um, Ichabod. Has um oh god all I'm thinking of now is in Friends Ichiban you know the thing sorry <laughs> yeah. um he's got a British accent yeah I oh, well he's I think it's just to imply that he's educated educated yeah oh so if you if you're British you're educated <laughs> you heard it here first or you Brits we're no. so educated <laughs> no but he he's he you, back then maybe that yeah if you spoke he's, a cif- a certain way back then it meant. You were sorry. Or uh, well, I wonder if it was just a conscious choice of Johnny Depp's to. Yeah, you don't know, do you? That's true. Um, but because he's almost meant to come across as a bit pompous, isn't and he? And the crazy black hair, Burton. 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 <laughs> Jack Burton. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So overall, in, in essence, it's a horror story, uh, but it has a lot of melodrama and humour, um, and I think that's an element in a lot of Tim Burton mm. movies. Uh, very much so in this film. Well, I read a quote where he says, I've never made a scary film. Oh, really? I may have 
paraphrased a bit there, but basically that was the general consensus. Really? Yeah. But his film, I think what he, what he probably means by that, and Tim, call us if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> no, what he probably, like, you know, you're not, you don't hide from a Tim Burton film. You don't actually covered her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see. Um, yeah, so probably in that sense, like you're not, oh my God, I can't look. It's so bad. But yeah. it, it's scary because like with this, you're like, Obviously, there's a guy running around cutting people's heads off. Yeah, it's And, it's you know, he's gory. very scientific, as in there's no way it can be anything other than a human presence, a being. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? there's no way it's some ghost. And I think, you know, in that sense, when we watch Burton films, you know, it's usually a, an oddity, like, of a character. Well, um, actually, in my... Uh research for this he uh that th- it was a paramount film but he wasn't actually meant to direct it um really? he was brought into but i think his fingerprints are all over this film I, I, I mean the it is the storyline you know it, it's it, very gray <laughs> it's very gray <laughs> it's very saturated again yeah but like we were talking about earlier the use of blood when the blood's involved it's so it's red so red so red what I really liked about this film is the cinematography. I think it's very different to uh, his previous work and work afterwards. He doesn't quite do it in the same way. It's very saturated, as I said, very grey, very few hints of colour in it. When there are hints of colour in it, it's for a reason. Mm. Like, uh, for instance, in the flashbacks, they're all quite vivid. Yeah, uh, To his mom, good, yeah. it's all sort of colourful. She's floating around with the colourful petals, etc., to imply that that was a happier time. And most of this film is just outside. It is. Well, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, I That's personally true. think a lot of it is just outside. But then again, you get that kind of staged vibe to yeah. it. And I really like that. It's kind of like a nod to classic films. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a lovely element. Um, I think the horror element for me in this film was, um, do you remember the the family that was killed, the mum, the dad, and the son? I was son? just about to bring that yeah. up. That's that's horror. Yeah. That's scary. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the most extreme I think Tim Burton's ever gone in that he implies that a child's killed. Yeah, it was the fact that they got the child. Yeah, and that's such a cute little kid. I know. So, but that the, the cinematography in that whole, that the whole mm. direction in that scene is yeah. fantastic when the, the candle's spinning around mm. and it's in, you know, the, the impression of the... Um, the cutouts on the yeah on the spit yeah yeah so good yeah very good use of um, direction there and I, I think in this film as well it, you kind of get that whole steampunk vibe like mm. when he uses his contraptions I love that yeah. that is very steampunk isn't <laughs> yeah. It? yeah yeah no I I do I thought that was uh, the even the way he turns around to put it on mm. like so no one sees and then he turns around and everyone's like because they haven't seen this before no they're yeah. like who the hell is this guy. One of the themes in it is that he, Ichabod, and I don't know whether this, again, because we always kind of say that the, the protagonist is kind of a, in, um, uh, an expression of Tim Burton himself, but he's kind of torn between magic, science, and reason. Yeah. And like he plays that out with um, Ichabod's past with his parents. His dad is a man of faith. His mum is a, a, a healer, a person of magic. And he says he is all about cause and consequence hmm. from that. And it explores that. And at the end, he kind of marries the two and realises, okay, I can deal with this. And I think that's a really nice It is very seeing is believing, though. Because yes, when they talk about true. the Headless Horseman, he's like, no, 
there's no way. And then obviously it happens and he's in bed. And it's actually quite a comical scene when Michael Gambon, he goes, and he's got his hand, it's like over his face. He's like, and, he, and Michael Gambon's like, yes, yes, um, we, we told you that. And he's like, yes, but he was, and he's like, well, and, but what I find fascinating was like, uh, Ichabod is so like frantic and, you know, crazy. And Michael Gambon is like, yeah, okay, calm down. Like yeah, he's so yeah, calm. Yeah. It's very like, yeah, but we told you. <laughs> do, do you see what it's like? Do you see what we mean now? I think Michael Gambon's character is really curious in it. He just yeah. doesn't he really. He's like, oh yeah, oh, well. but he is. He's very like whatever. <laughs> just go with the flow, man. But it, in the backstory, Katrina is just like my father's built up this. Yeah, and you're just like that guy. Yeah, really. You sure? <laughs> yeah. But speaking of um, Katrina, I think she represents a lot of characters you see within a Burton film in the sense of the blonde female who come across as very innocent but yet they're quite powerful yes they yeah yeah there's like the the light witch element yeah. aren't they yeah. well, i suppose like kim and beetlejuice vicky vale batman you've got that kind of who's kim in beetlejuice uh winona Ryder. she's got black hair she's kim in um Edward's sister. sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> i was like what <laughs> yeah so just like kim in edward scissorhands and Vicky Vale and Batman. Like, they've got that blonde, very innocent, angelic look about them. But yeah, yeah. you know, they're actually quite ruthless and, you know... Can hold their done. own. Yeah. You know, when when needs to, shit needs to be done, they're they're down with that. Like, do you know what I mean? But um, and I think that's a common factor through some of his films. I, I think it's interesting with Christi- Christina Ritchie because you feel like she's been in a Tim Burton movie before yeah uh because the whole adams family thing because it feels very but then you realize she hasn't this is her first one and i I thought that was i was thinking about it i was like oh god yeah you know she yeah that that, that made me that made me smile actually she hasn't been but interestingly the uh who was it the uh there's a guy who worked on the adams family scott rudin he was a producer who worked on this movie and brought Christina Ritchie in. Oh. I think uh, Christina Ritchie spoke about how, because she, she's known Johnny Depp for quite a long time, but from a child. Yeah. And then she was like his love interest and had to kiss him. And apparently that was a little bit... Odd for her. Odd, yeah. Because I think she, he was with Winona Ryder on the set of, was it Mermaids with Cher? Yeah. And Christina Ritchie was a little sister. Um, yeah, so they've kind of got that common interest. But um, I, I liked Christina Ritchie in this. I thought she played it really well. I didn't. Oh, I did. I liked her. No. She didn't She didn't quite feel, like, powerful enough of her own. She's just a bit like, oh, you know, and she rears up her horse. And <laughs> and I, I think that's the whole point of it with her, is that she doesn't have to be loud and in your face about it. She does things... In a subtle way. In a subtle way. And I think that's the whole thing about it is that, you know, it's not over the top. It doesn't need to be over the top. Yeah. You know? Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's how I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I may be wrong. <laughs> this uh, this was actually nominated for three Academy uh, Awards. Um, really? Yeah. Which art, ones? Art direction. Uh, set direction, for which it won. And cinematography. And uh, best costume design. And in terms of costume... That this is gonna sound really um, silly, but Miranda Richardson's outfit at the yeah. end, oh, stunning! She does look good in it. Yeah, she does. She, <laughs> Alec watched it 
I'll cut this bit, but I've got to tell you. Alec watched it. She's like there with her corset. He's like, boobs. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. But um, something in this film which definitely relates to his other films is that witch-like character. He's always mm. got to have that, or a couple in this film. It's like a female, mysterious, often misunderstood kind of character. Yeah. Uh, you think it's Christina Ritchie in this, but it actually turns out to be no. Lady Van Tassel and her sister. Yeah. And then in other films... The Red Queen. It, the Red Queen. Mrs. Um, Lovett. Mrs. Lovett. Well, it's... Yeah. Um, and in one of his later films, Dark Shadows, Angelique Bouchard. She's great in that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. I really enjoyed Dark Shadows. Is it funny? I, I have it, like, because I have a thing, a huge thing of things to watch, and that's that's one of them. Yeah, I'd say that's... Burton back on form after Alice in Wonderland. It's almost, from what I've seen of it, it's very Adam's Family-esque type film. Because it's one stage, are they like staying in a motel? Um, Or a hotel type thing. Their house is... Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of when, I just remember thinking of when the Adam's Family had to go and stay in a hotel. Um, But yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked that I like this film because it is, in essence, a horror film. Yeah, but it's not... It's more of a horror film than in his other films. Yeah, I know, but I think your definition of a horror film and what a horror film actually is, it's probably two different things. No, but if you think it is a horror film, but I think the reason I like it is because it's kind of got that gothic, steampunk, macabre, kind of style to it yeah. even though there's beheadings and it's a bit slashery I suppose and mm. I, I I can see past that I can deal with it because it's mm. got this kind of Victoriana gothic yeah. thing going on it if it if it weren't like that if it weren't moody and dark yeah. and expressionistic and that storyline was going on I wouldn't I wouldn't, you wouldn't like watch it, it. No. no but Burton puts these elements in and for people who hate horror I mean my partner hates horror and he was watching it and he loves it but yeah, because actually Dev doesn't like horror, but he loves Sleepy Hollow. Mm. It's just, um, it just embraces you in this world mm. that you're happy to go into, and I think that's what Burton does. Mm. That's what he's great at doing. And well, it's escapism, isn't it? When you watch his films, like it's yeah. the life that you. I mean, when we watch his films, you're like, it's not like you recognise anything and think, yeah, I'm going to be there next week. Like you know, you're not going to get there. But I want it. Though. I want to be there. <laughs> oh, we still got Jaws to talk about. Oh, fuck. A duck, man. <laughs> Just forget. Ladies and gentlemen, there will now be a brief intermission while Harry and Lorraine celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. Da, 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 Now back to our scheduled programming. So let's move on to the flashback film club. Pretty excited about this one. I think this idea of this film came from you. From me? Yes. I think Harry sneakily stuck in a film choice <laughs> because nobody actually suggested this film no. apart from you. Oh, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Such a, such a, such a good, 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 good film. A great film. And it's an old film, over 40 years old, 1975. 40 years old. Directed by Spielberg. Can you guess what it is? Dun-dun. Dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. That's all you get. 
Done. <laughs> We're done. No, uh, this is, uh, I think most people probably would have seen this film. Basically, it's about a shark. Yep. Who kills people in the water? AKA. Obviously in the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not that talented. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about Jaws. He's a serial killer of the sea. Oh no, don't yes. bring it around. <laughs> well, he kills more. I think to be a serial killer is either, I think it's four. You know? <laughs> or does he only kill three? No, he kills... Oh yeah, because he kills the, other, the leg guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's a serial killer. Yeah, he kills well over. He kills like five, six yeah. people, doesn't he? Yeah. Is it he or is she? I don't know. How does that work? Oh yeah. Mm. That bitch is a she. <laughs> <laughs> Smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, this film was actually a book um, written by a Peter Benchley. <laughs> Not Finchley, for some reason I had that in my head. And he basically got the idea of it um, from a story, I think, in, off the coast of Long Island about a, a huge shark, 4,550 pounds, that was caught. And he'd been toying with this idea for ages. And then finally someone got, got him to write it. And then he just wrote this book about a shark that goes around killing people. And he, one of the things I, I was watching an interview with him, um, he, they couldn't come up with a name. They were coming up with all these names and they thought they were a bit cheesy. They didn't really make much sense. So then one day they just said Jaws. Yeah. And the only reason that they come up with the name Jaws is because they literally couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> so that was... Yeah, it kind of doesn't... If you think about it, it, in terms of the story, it kind of doesn't work massively well. Well, no one knew what it was about. Yeah. Like even Spielberg was saying, and it's like, I don't know. I don't know what this film's about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they nobody really, really knew. Yeah. Well... We'll get to that in my, th- my with my thoughts on that, but it, okay. because yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, yes, it is about a killer shark. But the overview, the synopsis is uh, when it's, it's it's set in a seaside community of Amity, and uh, it the, the, uh, <laughs> it's set in the seaside. It's set in the seaside community of Amity, and the uh, town is under attack by a dangerous great white shark. Yeah. Um, and uh, the town's chief of police, played by Roy Schneider. Chief Schneider Brody? or Schneider? I think it's Schneider. Okay. Yeah, I want to say I Schneider. Want, yeah, okay. Chief Brody, that's it. Uh, he brings in a marine biologist, uh, played by Richard Dreyfus, called Hooper? Hopper? Hopper. Hopper? Matt Hopper. <laughs> I think I keep saying Hooper because Quint goes, says it in a... That Hooper. Sort of, Hooper. Yeah. Hopper. Yeah. He wasn't actually, Dreyfus didn't want to do the role. He said no for months and months and months, and then, then he t- ended up taking it. Really? Yeah, I was watching an interview with him. He is the spitting image of my dad in that movie at that he? time. Yeah, it's like watching my dad on screen, but American. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's a good uh, fit for it, though. Yeah, he's great in that role. Yeah, I think the, because uh, I think they had, um, they had a few different people up, you know, to try and play these roles, but uh, mm. they ended up, with all of them, actually, they had, you know, different thoughts. I know about Lee Marvin, Jeff Bridges, Charlton Heston, you know, they were all thought for these different roles. Um, but none, I don't think any of these were the first choices. And imagine if they'd have gone with them, how different it would be. Yeah, and what kind of career would they have had? Because mm. obviously this is over 40 years ago and, you know, yeah, Richard Dreyfus especially, he's had a big, big career. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Quint is a grizzled shark hunter who they, um, Brody also... Uh, brings along well employees to yeah help kill the shark and then at the end it, in the third part act they 
are on this boat. <laughs> yeah, because about the last hour is basically three men that on a boat. Best, that's the best part. With of the a movie, though, serious lot of dick measuring going on, and <laughs> yeah. it's quite funny watching them argue because it's like, you know, you need to work together, people, in this. You know, mm. but like uh, Quint, it's my boat. You do as I say. Mm. You know, simple as this. But um, no, I think you're right. The last hour is definitely, definitely the best thing. Yeah, I was I, surprised it was on for an hour the last bit. If you know what I mean, I thought it wasn't, but because it goes so quickly. Yeah, you know, yeah. it goes really quickly. Because I don't particularly like the first sort of half of it. Um, there's, I just like the, the townsfolk. It's all kind of a bit creepy. Well, for me, it's like, um, I mean, there's obviously obviously a problem like yes. with a shark, and the way they're just you know like anything money. And yeah. then the mayor is like, do you know when he tells that family to go in? And they do. I'm yeah. like, and th- they've got like the parents either side and they've got the three kids in between. And I'm like, you tell him to do one. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be your testing bunny. He, do you know, because in light of this episode, I, it was funny watching it this time because it, he's almost like a little bit of a Tim Burton character in his suits and stuff. He's got anchors all over it. And it's, you know, I just I think you're right there. Just, good, good catch. Thanks, mate. Good catch. <laughs> we're full of jokes today (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i thought about yeah he's not a nice character and it is it is again it is almost well it isn't tim burton-esque because he made it before yeah made his films but maybe it was an influence i don't know but that twee town yeah you know pastel-y kind of colors and and it's just all a bit icky really and And you feel uncomfortable like brody does in that yeah because he's it's it's like with brody he's like the only one who seems to get it like i suppose with the likes of Kim in Edward Scissorhands and stuff like that but as well there's um there's a mob mentality towards this shark when they've caught a shark Mm. and they're all standing around like you know giving their selves pats on the back like and it seems to be they're more concerned with like uh getting the shark than wondering do they actually have the right shark they're more concerned with you know looking like the top guy than actually saving yeah people like do you know what I mean it's just I hate the people in that town. Like, I only really like, like, Brody and his family and, um, like, Hopper and Quint. Like, you don't like anyone else. They're all dicks. Yeah. You know? Talking about his family, I love that scene. And this is something Spielberg's really good at, is that scene between his son. Yeah. And his son just starts copying him. Yeah. And it's just so lovely. And he, he does a similar thing in Close Encounters as well with mm. Richard Dreyfuss and his his kids. And I, I think that's quintessential Spielberg and I, I love that those two boys didn't turn out their lives didn't turn out very well in the real life. yeah one of them died oh, no. the older one I think and the younger one had a bit of an issue with the law oh, right. I think inappropriate behavior oh, towards goodness. the younger variety but yeah so oh well yeah the, I was a bit because I like when I see child actors and you don't see them in anything else I like to go back and see what they do in now oh right okay do you know what I mean and it's amazing how many always come across that they've Past. You just ruined you know. that scene for me now. I'm gonna think Sorry. of that. I know because when I seen that he was sat on the beach, you know when he sat on the beach and when uh, Michael's out and yeah. he's like, well, and I'm like, what do you grow up to be? Oh my god! I know, but I knew then because I read it like an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, don't tell me stuff like that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We just live in our own our own uh, little little bubbles. Um, I think that this is a film that um, haunted a lot of people though when it came to going into the sea I mean it haunted me as a child in my bed where I would cover the size of my bed with teddy bears 
because then Jaws, who lived under my bed, obviously, <laughs> could not get me. Yeah, no. But then I got cold, so I had to kick them off so that the duvet landed on me properly. <laughs> but that was one of the things the, the screenwriter, Carl Gottlieb, his name was, he said that that's the kind of thing he wanted, and he wanted that kind of, like, psycho effect where people talk about certain scenes. And he said people would actually come up to me on the street going, dude... I didn't want to go into the war after watching that. And that's what he wanted. For, for me, I think that what's great is it. this is where sort of, you know, Spielberg, again, is the master of suspense. Because, and it was pro- largely due to um, production mm. limits that you don't see the shark. Mm. But it makes it so much better. And mm. there's that scene and Quint is got his fishing rod out and you just hear the click, 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 mm. click. And, you know, fuck, it's here and that is all you need and you're terrified yeah so good so good um but for you know as a as a, ch- as, as a child yeah it, 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 that was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying because you, 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 it's all suggested in the water you don't see it and you just that's why i you know i struggled today to go into water oh you respect the sea because you're just like i'm not, I'm not a <laughs> sea per i love the ocean i love standing by the ocean i love looking at the ocean I will not go into the ocean. I will tittle-tattle at the start. Oh, really? But that, yeah, no. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying people are stupid, but like I'm like, you know what? When I see these people surfing and they know there's sharks in there, I'm like, dude, wow. you're living too on the edge for me there. Have you seen that footage of that surfer in... Um south africa and he was he was, he was doing a competition and he, yeah he, oh was that real because no, sometimes real. you don't know if they're real or not yeah that was real that was like three years ago because i remember being in indonesia and watching it on the news and he basically i think he just punches the shark and swims off and he's and and does he get away yeah he got away yeah. good i'm it's glad the, i think the shark bit his board or something i thought you were going to say his balls then <laughs> <laughs> bit his balls <laughs> but uh just <laughs> <laughs> yeah God, no, I'm I'm just a, I mean, I'd love to do those things, but I'm just too much of a scaredy cat when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think part of the reason is Jaws. I wouldn't, so I would thank you yeah, Spielberg like, for ruining the sea for me. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't ruined it, but yeah, he he definitely, you know, plays with your imagination. Mm. And I think that's what, well, what movies are about, isn't it? Well, but, I can understand like these professional surfers going in and like, and I know your partner's big into it, but it's just something they like to do. But it's like, you know, you see Australia and there's nets there. And it's just like the everyday Joe going in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, you don't need to be in there. <laughs> you don't need to be that far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on sea, on, on the sand, at least I know I'm safe. <laughs> From sharks. Yeah. So what I noticed on this viewing, because I watched it this week, uh, ready for the flashback film clip, is that I really noticed the distinctions between the three men. And I know yeah. you said there's a lot of like a lot of dick measuring, yeah. as you said. <laughs> but there's almost like class distinctions. Oh God, totally. Yeah, like Hopper is the the rich, the upper, the upper yeah. class, and then you've got Quint who is well, he's lower class, working class, working class yeah. yeah. And then you've got Brody who's kind of middle class, middle class. Yeah. but he's also it's it's not just that as well. They're like different representations of sort of mm. uh, character. Yeah. And Hop- and Brody is the everyman, and in the end, he's the one that you know, yeah saves the day. Saves and, the day, and that's know. I think that's nice because it's yeah. relatable for a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, and I I think that's important sometimes when you watch something. It's like you want to relate to a character, whereas you know some people won't relate to you know Hopper's character because you know of what he does, um, but other people will relate to Quint. Like so, I do think it's a 
I never thought of that, but yeah, that's a, a, a good point actually. Mm. And in that, in those, in that last act, basically uh, on the boat, that's yeah, you know, it's it's their old man and the sea kind of moment, isn't it? They yeah. all kind of find out these realizations about themselves. To a that scene where he, because I haven't watched Jaws in a long time, but that scene where um, Quint bites the bullet, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> when there's one bit where his mouth just spurts out all this blood, and I'm like, I I was actually watching that scene, kind of you know, head to the side. I, I was looking at it, but not looking at it or something, mm. and I I didn't remember it being that scary. Yeah, I actually thought it was really scary, and I just love the bit when um you know uh, Brody is fishing the stuff out into the water to kind of entice the shark up. And he just, you know, the shark comes yeah. out of the water and then he goes walking backwards like, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, that boat is like hors d'oeuvres to, to the shark. Yeah. In screen testings for this film, that bit happened and people screamed. Yeah. And then he goes, you're going to need a bigger boat. But they had to make him, they had to change the edit to make him pause because people were like, ah, for yeah. ages. Yeah. And he didn't hear him say, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you do jump when it comes, because I knew that was going to happen. And I I'm still he's... like, uh, you're waiting for it but no I, I um but his reaction's so good as yeah. well the way he just like like stands up and wide eyed and he's just like and the cage when uh, Hopper's down in the cage that's so scary and that happens in real life well apparently Hopper was meant to die but they oh. in production um, they got some footage from Australia oh they did I read that yeah and, oh, sorry I saw that in an interview yeah and uh they had to. I can't remember. Was he in the tank or was the cage or outside of the cage? I think he was in it because I was um, th- in the extra scenes. Uh, you know, the extra footage on the um, the video. Uh, the the shark specialists. There yeah. are these two Australian, this man and woman. That they they talk about that and they had to use actual footage uh, yeah. for for make it realistic. Yeah. So because he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. gonna survive in the end but because of that they they, they brought, and i'm yeah. glad he does because i love the way they just swim off they sort of, yeah it's almost like what butch Cassidy and the sundance yeah, kid yeah. where they go off and live their happy lives together but i think um yeah i think it's a great ending and i almost like i have watched the other jaws films but i almost feel like they could have left it there oh, totally. i don't really think they needed to make one because even with um like michael kane's character apparently he was filming that when he won an oscar Oh, and he right. couldn't go and collect it. Oh, yeah, and he was like he, really pissed about it. It was Jaws 4, wasn't it? Was yeah, it was, was, was it the 3D one? Wasn't there, there was Jaws 3D. I remember one. I remember watching one of them with those shitty little <laughs> 3D glasses. I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, there's definitely a 3D one. Um, but yeah, I, didn't, I think the second one wasn't too bad. But I think, yeah, I think they could have stopped at one almost, mm, you know? Yeah. But I thought it was, it, it's such a, a good film. And it's one of those films that um, does last the test of time. And it did. Like I was still scared at parts of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's also it was also the prototype for the blockbuster. Yeah. It was like that's when it all kind yeah. of began. And a what huge... a way to think in it. Do you I know. know what I mean? Like Yeah, with such a big presence. Literally. That shark was a ton massive. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to get on the wrong side of him. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> we should do you think we should talk about John Williams though? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. The infamous score yeah. by John Williams, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently, when they first heard those, I don't know what yeah. the notes are, but um, <laughs> yeah, those were, notes, <laughs> they were like, "Are you serious?" And he's like, "Yeah." And pff, imagine if it had been—I don't I think without that music, you just wouldn't get that that da 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 that build up. Well, of, I think in a sense, it's a lot like um, Elfman. It's very like mischievous and like 
shit, something's going to happen. And they're like how it starts slow and the way it's, like you said, speeds up like yeah. that. Yeah. And you're like, like on a hunt. Yeah, you you're almost feel, a little bit tense. You, you feel like the prey. Yeah. That's what's great yeah. about this movie. Yeah. 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 That's, that's why you, your imagination goes crazy. Because exactly. you, you, you know. Yeah. It's, no, I do like the, and everyone knows it. Mm. And it's know? a testament to how, because you sometimes forget like the production side of things. Mm. You don't think about what people do that makes, helps make the mm. film. And he's, this score is, I'd say, you know, well, um, what's his, what's, what's his face? Spielberg said that he owes a big debt to yeah. Williams for this mm. score. To, he, to ha- Could he helped make the movie what it is? Yeah. With that, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, a good choice that you snuck in there. I'm going to have to do that one week. Oh, <laughs> la, 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 such and such said, let's do this film. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, but what am I going to do now if we do like another top five? And I'm like, oh, I want to talk about Jaws. I know because sometimes <laughs> we've done an episode and I'm like, I really want to talk about the science of the lambs or aliens and I can't because that's in the first one. Mm. Oh, we so, can talk about them in different ways. Yeah. Tell us, guys. Tell us what you want us to talk about with those films. Yeah, we need um, we need some suggestions because mm. some I think sometimes with these podcasts, like I mean, you know, there are so many films out there and directors and actors, blah blah blah, and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's hard to to come up with an idea. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because what is a good one to do? What are people going to listen to? Actually, Sally um, has. Uh, oh yeah, I can't remember what she said, but it was a obscure obscure, obscure yeah. films. Yeah, that people do, which I think is a good one. Yeah, you know, and. Um, in our next podcast, we're doing. Oh, we're gonna pick, have a director each. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm and we're. That. Will we tell them who they're gonna be? Yeah. Directors. So in our next episode, um, because I do like my horror film, and Harry isn't overly fond of it, so I'm kind of sneaking in a bit of horror for me there. So I'm gonna do Wes Craven, and I'm gonna. I haven't th- thought of both films I want to do. I'm definitely gonna talk about Scream. I'm happy but, about that. Yeah, I think one of the other ones will probably be either A Nightmare on Elm Street 1 or 3. Mm. Yeah. You'll have to let me know because... Oh. You can read up on it, Harry. <laughs> I'm not going to make you watch it. Don't worry. And you're going to do a certain Batman-related person. That's right. I'm going to be doing Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And uh, I've picked my films. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten what they were. You told me. I'm going to do Inception and okay. Dunkirk. Okay. I haven't seen Dunkirk, so I will happily watch that. And I have seen Inception, and after I watched it, I said to myself, one day I'm going to have to watch that film again. So <laughs> that can be me watching it again. Well, I hope you enjoy it, because yeah. I loved this that film. But yeah. that's for another day. Oh yeah, sorry, we'll end up getting talking about it. We'll end up start talking about that. So yeah, Nolan V. Craven. Dun, dun. And, you know, drop us a line and let us know who you prefer, who's the better one. We'll do a little poll. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's everything Jaws like. And if you haven't seen it, do do go and watch it. Mm. And be careful when you're in the sea. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you know there's sharks around. Punch it in the face if yeah. you need to. Yeah, apparently that they don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, who does? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> I'd, I'd run away if you punched me in the face. <laughs> so moving on, uh, have you got any stuff that you want to watch? Yeah, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Um, I haven't uh, seen it yet, but um, I don't even know if it's out. I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. I like Spielberg. I like a lot of his stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I liked the, I liked the look of that. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go into it because I don't know what it's about. I haven't seen it. Um, you know, obviously, I've seen a trailer. 
But another trailer, which I think I mentioned this before, and Harry is like doing cartwheels and somersaults. You've probably seen on our uh, Insta <laughs> stories and stuff like that. And she talks about it a lot is the Marvel film, Infinity uh, War. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Get it right. So I'm really, really, really <laughs> yes. looking forward to that. That looks so good. I think one day we're going to have to do a serious, intense MCU episode. Yeah. But, you know, that'll take a long time because there's so many Marvel <laughs> films to watch. So, But yeah, so uh, hopefully I'll get to the cinema to see those things. I'm going to need to call in some favours with a few babysitters. <laughs> or I'll go on my own. No, yeah, do it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I oh, know I've done it before. Oh, okay. I think I seen Armageddon on me in. No, it wasn't. It was the other one. It wasn't Armageddon. Remember the one deep purple? No, deep, <laughs> deep purple, deep, <laughs> deep impact. The, no, the one with uh, Duvall, Robert Duvall. Uh, deep impact. Deep impact. Yeah, yeah deep impact. Yeah, <laughs> deep impact. Deep impact. <laughs> deep impact. Sorry, what are you going to go and see? I'm going off on a rant here. That's okay. Um, I want to see. You were never really here. Um, oh, I've is, heard that. What is that? It's the new Lim Ramsey film. Um, oh, okay. And it stars uh, Yakin. Yakin. Wakin. 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 I say that like I know, <laughs> but I, I think it's Wakin. <laughs> uh, Phoenix, and he plays a hitman, and it's kind of. Uh, I think it explores his um, some issues. I haven't seen him in much lately. He's in quite a few things. Oh, at the is moment. he? He's in that, and he's in Mary Magdalene as well. Plays oh, Jesus. Um, I like him. He's a good actor. He's different. Yeah. And he doesn't look like anybody. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I like that. I watched him in a quirky film recently. Um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's, um, oh, what's it called? Inherent Vice. Oh. That was odd. Odd. <laughs> but I mean, I, I really struggled yeah. to keep up with it. But he's ever so good in that. He's, he's really funny in that. Because he does humour quite well yeah. as well. No, I like him. But this, this You Were Never Really Here looks quite dark. Um Ooh, but some oh, of the scene, like some of the shots I've seen, look spectacular. But I've heard re- reviews saying it was great, but it haunted them, and they'd never want to watch it again. So I, I think, love films like that. Well, there you go, one for you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything else? Yeah. Um, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that I listened to an In Our Time podcast about Hamlet, and that's just making me want to go back and watch uh, Franco Zeffirelli's. Is that the Gibson one? Uh, yeah. I really like that version. So I'm going to go and do cool. that. Yep. Well, that's it. It's a wrap. That is. So, of course, as you know, you can always contact us with your thoughts, with what you want to hear, what you want to see. You know, you can always jump onto iTunes and give us some ratings and some stars. Yeah, we really fun. appreciate it because five stars gets us up there. And, you know, the more we have, the more chance we have of getting into that old top 100, which may take a while, but, you know. You got to keep trying, haven't you? Um, so, ways to contact us are, of course, you can email us at showmethepodcast@gmail.com, and you can go to our uh, Instagram page or our Facebook page, which is Show Me the Podcast, or you can go to our Twitter page, which is which is SMPTcast. <laughs> I know it's a hard one to say. <laughs> and uh, where can we find your stuff, Lorraine? Um, I do a blog, which I haven't done for a few weeks because I've been trying to get my master's sorted. So it's going to be a bit quiet. So I'm going to try and get a few in which is on WordPress and Pinterest, which is Winging It The Truth About Parenting. And I have uh, myself on Instagram and Twitter as Lorraine Smith 74 with a Y. <laughs> cool. What about you? Uh, I am Tales of Peck on Instagram, Twitter and uh, WordPress. And I write uh, sort of travel-like blogs. So if you are into that, check it out. Yeah, your Bali one should be up 
Soon. <laughs> no pressure. Get right now. <laughs> I know, because I forget you go, and then all of a sudden it pops up, and I'm like, oh, I must make myself a cup of coffee. It's three months ago. Three really? months ago. Really? Yeah. Crazy. That's just laziness. I know, man. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, what did you say? Um, yeah, so as I said, thank you guys. Uh, you've been listening to Show Me the Podcast, and so long, farewell, Avrida sing goodbye. I leave, a heave, a sigh, and say goodbye. Goodbye! goodbye. Andy. All right, my lover. Outtakes. I'm going to cut this bit, but when you went like, you know, in um, American Pie 2, yeah. when she's just like, and that includes fucking me in the ass. And he goes, fuck you. <laughs> 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 wow, Tim, I do declare. She's a freaking zombie.